Hey everybody, thanks for joining us. This is the Broken Campfire Podcast. I'm your host, Andy, and I'm joined by John, Greg, and Flask. Vito is yet again... Just, Not here, whoa, crazy. Dead set on disappointing us. Vito is in route right now and may or may not show up. Yeah. He, he wouldn't disappoint us. Uh, in fact, I have a feeling he's going to be here right now. I have no idea why you would think now. that. No. Since I know what you know about Vito's situation right now, which is that he's stuck in traffic. Now. He might be what. He might be watching a Harry Potter movie for all we know, but he's not on the podcast. And that yeah, he's, he has to catch up <laughs> in the car. Yeah. He has to catch up in the car on the HP. Yeah, right. Hey, by the way, we're going to finish out the Harry Potter discussion tonight. And uh, if doing so, you feel impassioned by our bold, hot takes, let us know. Brokencampfire at gmail.com or hit me up on the Twitter at Brokencampfire. Oh, and I wanted to highlight also, Flask has been doing a great job of taking some of our uh, more cogent discussions on games and breaking up into YouTube videos. So I, I've been enjoying rewatching those. Those are fun to see. Thank Check you. it out on the YouTube, brokencampfire.com slash YouTube. Once again, that is brokencampfire.com slash YouTube. Nobody's gonna correct me. You're just gonna let that let that fly. It's youtube.com slash youtube.com slash it's youtube.com slash broken campfire. I repeat oh. youtube.com slash broken camp. Yeah, you guys I did a little bait and switch there. I, oh. oh well here's the thing. I trust you heart, mind, soul, body. Whatever yeah, you why say, would you I'm lie to us? Right. John, for that flattering compliment, I'm gonna give you the reward of the first up tonight on this uh, evening's round table. And oh. you got a you got a little recipe for us here. What what are we making? We're we're making some games. Alright, so first we have uh Doomrick. This is a game I played on the Xbox Game Pass, also known yeah. as Tunic. Some people would call <gasps> in fact, that. In fact, that is what it is known as. That is the title of the game. Well yeah, 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 that too. Uh and okay. it was good. It was a good recommendation. Isn't that a uh, an ingredient? Well, turmeric is an ingredient. Tunic is a little green thing that Link wears. Oh. Uh, but this game, Tunic, also the is, name of this game. is uh, heavily gotcha. super inspired by A Legend of Zelda. I mean, you could have thrown Zelda in there and they couldn't have told the difference. Um, is the fox named Link? I don't think, the fo- I don't think anything it has a name. Well, here, all right, so here's the cool thing, right? It may have a name. I don't know. Because, you know, when you... Whatever, when you look at the game, it's like, okay, you're playing a little Legend of Zelda. But there's another layer to it, right? You get in the game, and it tells you tells you almost nothing. Like, you, you can like go to, like, little signs or whatever, and you don't understand the language. It's all, it's just foreign or whatever. It just squiggles. Which I think it is an actual language if you were, like, uh, dedicated enough. Maybe you could decipher it, but not me. Big brain. Um, but throughout the game, as you're going to these different areas, you're finding pieces of, like, an old-school-looking... Um, instruction manual, like from the NES, uh, specifically like the Legend of Zelda, where you know it shows you like different characters and like, hey, maybe you know give you little clues. Hey, you know Octoroks, whatever. Hate this. Or, yeah, I forget whatever it fucking says. Um, Octoroks hate turmeric. Yeah, well they do. Um, but I mean, it's not just like little like little hints. It's actually like uh, the the plot of the game. You're learning through this different mechanics. 
um, you know, stuff like that. So you're kind of just like piecing together, playing the game. It's a little bit like that monkey game I was playing, Ancestors Humankind, <laughs> mixed with Zelda. And I, you know me, dude, I don't like my hand held during games, so I, I was digging this. Um, so they're you better said this than is like on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass, yeah, yeah. yeah. Recently, All right, because I was looking at it on Steam, dude. This looks cool. And oh, it's, it's super talk. cool. I if you if you liked um, Death Door, and, and not you know Death Door was a uh, Zelda like, but it also tried to be like a Dark Souls like, somewhere in the middle. This one's much closer to just Zelda. Um, but I would say I I like this more than I like Death Door. Uh, just I was gonna like, say you're you're saying the the signs are better than the ones in uh, like the actual Zelda games that are like the hint boards the hint signs yeah yeah for sure and yeah, like, i'm not doing a great job explaining it but um yeah 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 definitely i mean i think anything this game tries to do i think it does exceedingly well and i was even surprised to find out that at the end of the game and, and flash i think you'll probably like this the most on anyone maybe andy um you know there's just straight up two ways to beat the game you know there's just the typical like oh i'm gonna go through the dungeons and you know fight the final boss or you can, you know, through um, getting all of the pieces to the instruction manual Gun. and, like, deciphering, oh. like, this uh, puzzle in the instruction manual, there is an alternate <laughs> ending where you don't fight anybody. It's just, like, a big puzzle you have to go throughout the map and solve. Uh, Definitely. So yeah, it's just two um, completely different endings. One, you know, classic fighting, it, and the other one's just learning. If I do the classic fighting ending, I, I assume it takes me back to a point before the ending so I can then do both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, it's it's almost like uh well not really, but kind of reminds me of we've seen those structure games before, like Hollow Knight has a similar structure where you can the game tells you when the final boss is ready to fight and you can just go do that. Or you can explore a bit more, find like some secrets and get to the true ending and then fight the final boss again, you know? Yeah, yeah, pretty much ever the final boss in this one. Just like a, a puzzle, crazy, right. like, 20-digit code, you know, like, puzzle or something. I, I, didn't, I actually looked it up briefly because I was like, there's no there's no way I'm going to solve this. Uh, do, you think, I, do you think you could figure that out? Like, having looked up the solution, I mean, like, sometimes like when smart you look as, up, uh, Andy. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> once you what, once you see the code, you can like kind of like back engineer how you were supposed to figure it out. You know. Yeah, maybe if I spent enough time, but there was definitely things I was still like, I I put it in, and I did it, but I was like, huh, I wonder how they got that because even looking like where they wanted me to, I was like, I don't see it right away. Uh, okay. Because the language never gets deciphered. Doesn't matter if you get all the fucking little uh, pages for the instruction manual. The words, or at least most of them, are always in this different language. You're always just learning from like context clues and like images and stuff. I get what you um, mean. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun game. Took me about 15 hours to beat. I did the the, the fight ending. I I recommend it highly. It's cool. interesting, cool. and I might play it. I put it in my list. I put it on my play later list. It's on the short list for me. Um... You might remember I actually started that game right after I beat Elden Ring. That was the first thing I started because I'd heard some really cool things about that game. I'd heard a little bit about the instruction manual that you just talked about, and I was like, oh, man, that's a really sick structure. Um, 
What and the I hell didn't happened? End up playing, well, I didn't end up playing like more than 15 minutes of it because I just finished Elden Ring and I was looking for something different meaningfully than Elden Ring. And Tunic is uh, it, it's certainly not like Elden Ring, but at the same time, um, it's still like an action RPG that you got to get good at. You know what I mean? At yeah, least you're exploring feeling around. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're saying. So I wanted something just a little bit more different, different than that, even. Mm-hmm. At least at that time and place. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're moving on, though. Moving on. We got to uh, watch the Marvel TV show. Uh, no, sorry, the Disney Plus TV show, uh, Moon Salt, also known as Moon Knight. Uh, they had episode three come out. I'll ask if you watched any yet. Am I still? Am I still alone? Yes, you're alone. Oh, fuck, dude. Uh, All right, I guess I'll talk about it again by myself. Uh, yeah, episode three was cool. I mean, it was in line with the others. Uh, the special effects are cool. You got to see some of the, you know, these Egyptian gods or whatever. Get more Kevin Bacon. Um, I mean, I really don't have anything crazy to say. Just, yeah, it's fine so far. All right. Moon Knight. All right. Fine so far. Um. Yeah, Moon Knight, fine so far. Oh, okay. I guess something we could all, I think, talk a little bit about. Uh, another video game that came out, a network test, the uh, Gun Pepper test. Oh uh, yes, yeah. I forgot about that. Also what known is, as the what? Gundam Evolution so and so network test. Uh, this is uh, like a first person Gundam World Evolution. Gundam World Evolution. No, we probably should know this. We but, uh, this is uh, basically uh, it's Overwatch, Mandalorian. you know, very close to Overwatch, uh, but, but with a Gundam skin, which I'm not even saying is like a bad thing. I thought, and even to say it's just like Overwatch is a little disingenuous. I think that um, maybe it's a, a little faster and a little bit more combat oriented. Like even if you are like a healing class or like a quote unquote tank class, you're still going to be. <laughs> In the mix, or whatever, yeah. shooting people and blowing up, and you know, and stuff like that, and getting re- and anybody can revive. You know, there's like yeah, a short. I, so it, it, you know, calling it Overwatch a little reductive, but you know, all the major classes are there. They have a '76 robot. You know, they have the guy you have the junk right all Another guy has the mines. Like all, all the stuff's there, but it works. It's fun. Um, yeah, it's a good game. Uh, I was enjoying what it's a blast. Um. I found Overwatch to be more annoying as time went on and the community like developed metas and like as that happened, like the game just felt less and less inviting of like you just jumping around between characters. And I think this game might be able to avoid that because like you said, it's not nearly as ability focused. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, that being said, sure. that, that that's the only thing I worry about this game. I, I hope this game doesn't, trend more and more to and it will but i hope it's just uh still retains the fun quality of like oh i get to play this in a network test when nobody knows the meta um it never will be able to retain that fully but you know what i'm trying to say i think no no definitely uh and yeah i think that yeah in the network test when everyone was just learning uh we mostly did play like a full stack or at least five people uh yeah and I, I had a lot of fun i thought it was it was pretty good i played gun tank I like Gun Tank. Yeah, I played uh, Barbados mostly. He was pretty cool. I also played a bit of Sazim, was it? Uh, shotgun guy. 
this problem. I don't know. I have any gun. No idea who I played. Yeah. Yeah. I, have no I don't idea. know Gundam at all. Thing. I the only thing that played very hard for me to call out. I think the only one I actually did learn was game. Barbados because he was such a pain in the ass. Every team's always <laughs> yeah. gonna have a Barbados. He's like the melee guy. I was say, I think he's the most like distinct an Overwatchy character in the sense that like you can just recognize what you're dealing with based on what's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's definitely Barbados is on the mix is in the mix. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I did learn his name. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Do you guys, Greg, got anything to say about it? Anybody? Uh, I mean, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was cool. Uh, I mean, maybe it's just because I don't really know what know Gundam yet that I'm not uh like super into it. But uh, it's it's fun. It's like you said. It's very much. It's similar to Overwatch, which is cool because I dug I dug Overwatch. Um, that that is yeah. one thing, Greg. The character recognition that John touched on. You just said again. Yeah, too. that's like, that's like a big issue, or not a big issue, I guess. Maybe it'll like as time goes on. I think you can come over. But it. I, I think you can go get over it. But like, I yeah, I get them confused a lot. If they're well, not, see, like I could the, recognize them and their abilities. I just I don't know their fucking names. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know their names, yeah. and then there's a few of them that kind of, like, mix together. Like, there's a, there's two specifically that mix. I don't remember their names, but they just almost look the same. Yeah, well, Barbados and, uh, or Barbados, and there's another Melee guy Barbados. that are that are similar. Um, yeah. Barbados Slim. That's <laughs> what I always think of when, I, when someone says Barbados. Uh, yeah, same here. Yeah. Same, same here. Um, yeah, that's the, it was just a network test, so, so I don't know if the actual game is going to have, you know, more characters, more maps, or whatever. I, I really haven't looked I, into it all. I didn't even know it was coming out. Our friend Kurt was really kind of the, the pushing force behind us playing that. Yeah, if only I, he was, was on a podcast say, to give a full breakdown. On the character recognition, if you are a big fan of Gundam, I bet this game is, like, <laughs> amazing to you. Because, it, it, I mean, they're all nameless robots to me. Uh, and I played it because, like you said, John, our friends are playing it, and it's a big team game. I was surprised at how much fun I had with it, though. Um, yeah, just a play test, but I was looking forward to the next one already. Yeah, and, like and the... I, if it's not been mentioned, I think it's coming free to play. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, just a real quick thing, I like I like the dashing in the game. Yeah, that uh, was fun. Uh, I was gonna mention that too. I forgot about that, but yes, every yeah, character had one. Uh, so, you know, some of them are different. Some of you have like two bars, three bars, one big bar. You know, it just it just feels a little faster. You know what I mean? Right, and it's not just a dash either, right? Because you can jetpack too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. jetpack like hoverish. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Uh, yeah, that's Gundam Evolution World World Evolution. I felt less locked out in in any combat encounter than I was in Overwatch. Like in Overwatch, it felt like they could have the perfect combination to like just counter you and you literally could just not get on point, you know, and it might not even be your fault specifically. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I don't think I had that feeling at all in this game, which, which felt nice playing a game like overwatch that didn't have that feeling. Yeah. We had a lot of, we had a lot of good matches, a lot of close ones. I, th I think there was only one time we really just got just fucking wrecked while we were like, and these guys clearly know something we don't. Right. And they were just above and beyond. But whatever, you run into that playing games. 
I really enjoyed that game where we were locked for like five minutes and 99.9% with the other team. That was sick. Oh, it was great. We still, yeah, even though we lost that, it was still great. Yeah, I mean, we lost like, that, but it was great, yeah. It was like a straight five minutes of overtime. That was, it was nuts. Just uh, perfectly matched. Yeah, yeah, looking forward to the next test. Um, what else you got? Uh, and then lastly, you know, I was hoping Vita was here. Finish this recipe off. We had a. Oh, that's why we only have half a cup of lead. We only got half a cup of lead. You know what I mean? Me and Vito were straight fucking slinging it, playing Cuphead. Uh, we have finished the third island, and we finished uh, King Dice. We really only have one more level. We have the Devil. We got to go beat him up, and then we're done. So is it just a boss fight? You got a full level, or or, or how does that work? I don't know. The Devil's just a boss fight. I think, and actually, I think King Dice is harder than the Devil. I was going to say, it took you guys like 90 minutes to kill King Dice. I was going to ask what your feeling is knowing that going into the devil. How long is it going to take you guys to kill him? I'd probably say half that. Because King, King Dice is like a, you know, I mean, you've seen the fight. It's like an endurance yeah, round, you know what yeah. I mean? Like fighting all these oh, different bosses brutal. and stuff. I uh, mean, I was egging you guys on and memeing and what, <laughs> but like, but like really though, it, it was brutal watching you guys get to the end of that counter and then rolling the wrong dice and hitting the start over. That I, I Oh, that's my that favorite part. <laughs> that's okay. Honestly, that was probably the the least amount because you know, like I said, I've beaten Cuphead with uh, Greg, I've beaten it by myself, beaten it with yeah. friend Zach, beaten it Chris. So I've died. That's probably the Kongo least amount Kongos. of time that it has taken me to do that fight. Uh, that's that's crazy. one thing I like about Cuphead it, is that see when you're playing co-op, if there's two people on screen, you guys do half damage. But once one of you dies, the other person goes back to doing full damage. Oh, so you're you're just playing Cuphead again at that point. Yeah, so yeah, once if, you know, Vito gets tagged out, dude, yeah, it's just me playing Cuphead, and it's, I mean, the, you know, playing Cuphead is fun, and I think it's probably more fun, but the game is, I think it's easier by yourself. I imagine, yeah, I mean, you got the, you got the extra variable of other people doing shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's not like really, you know, you can knock into each other, but it's just more so that, one, you know, one, you're doing half damage, all the fights are going to last longer, um, but it's like, you know, normally in a Cuphead, you know, an enemy... You know, they have an attack that attacks you. When you're in co-op, usually it, like, swips, like, between you and Mugman. So, like, when you're trying to dodge, you know, if they're going somewhere, and the fucking attack just goes somewhere you're not expecting because you think it's coming after you, and, you know, it's going after them, and you're, like, caught in the air. And so much yeah. of that happens. You know, and then, like, sure. if, you know, if your partner gets, like, knocked out, your instinct is immediately to revive them. You know, even if it means you got to fucking, you know, bust your ass across the screen... You die to that more than half the time, you know. It's just Especially reviving when you're each playing other. with like a hopeless drunk. No, I know, dude. Vito brings the heat. He he's a he is a. a oh, mug sorry. Man. I didn't. I didn't know you were playing with Vito. It's weird that you thought that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> fuck, John. He's what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> he's just the only person I've been playing it with. You know, no, uh, no fingers pointing, nothing. All right. Oh, Vito saved me uh, more times right. than I can imagine. We, we would, actually, right. I, you, I would say you it's pass. probably my fashion. Yeah, pass. <laughs> yeah, we got the devil to beat, and then um, the the DLC comes out in June. I'm sure we'll play that. Cool, cool. So th this is the much touted DLC, like four years in development. Dude, even like 20, 2018. Right? I think it's yeah, like longer than that. Maybe not, but it just sure feels like it at least. They they announced it very shortly after the game came out, and then yeah. Big yeah, Cuphead, half of it at least. I can't wait. Cuphead. Till comes. I hope he. I hope he's enjoying his Cuphead ride. 
So uh, just cup. All right. Cool. Yeah, cup that's it. it. That's it for John. That's it for John. Ring. Hey. Ring. What have you been up to in the last week or so? Oh, pretty much much of the same. Uh, my One Piece update, I gotta update everybody. Um, I'm on episode 90. I, uh, they, I think they're just about to get, uh, this reindeer man named Chopper to join their crew. It's all, uh, it's still fun. It's a, <laughs> it's a good You're ride still. Tremendous progress. There's no doubt. I can't deny that. But <sighs> you may have to put but, the turbo on, dude. I know, dude. We're at like 180 something. Oh my god! So you well, you just gotta watch what you've watched already, you know. It's not yeah, yeah I mean, pretty much. I uh, mean, yeah. I guess I'll just. I'll, I guess I'm gonna be in the four time speed room for a little while. I guess. <laughs> yeah, we've been taking it pretty slowly. Though. We didn't watch any yesterday. Yeah, the last few days have been slow for me. I'll be honest, because uh, other things have come out that I'm gonna talk about, dude. Uh, but yeah, dude, One Piece is there. awesome. I love One Piece. I'm glad you're digging it. And I'm I'm glad to say it literally only gets better. Yeah, I told uh I was talking to Eric or I was hanging out with Eric yesterday. And I told him, I was like, Yeah, dude, I started watching One Piece. He's like, oh man, that shit's great. And he started going on off about it. It was funny. Uh but yeah, it's one piece. Uh, the only way to win piece. is to slow them down. Uh, I have one game that I've basically been playing for a while. Uh, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen got its uh, new patch. Uh, Is that a new a few game? Days ago, yeah, it's got a new its new patch. Uh, it's new point one update, and it uh, really all I've been doing the whole time is uh PvP because oh. they re they reworked PvP. And they uh, basically remade all the classes, and it is a fucking... It's so much fun. It's crazy fun. I just can't... I can't stop playing it. Yeah, what's up with Luffy, or... was that, Ace? I don't know. Who is that sitting in the crowd Oh, yeah, there? picture. So, uh, I went... So, this, to go to PvP, you have to go to this place called uh, the Wolf's Den. And it's, like, the PvP hub where you uh, can, like, exchange all your tokens to get rewards. And because this... It got updated, and they added a new mode and stuff, uh, there's just all these people there. Uh, and that picture, that screenshot I posted, I was just running around and I noticed some dude and I was like, what the fuck? And it, it was some guy real. dressed it up like Luffy. in there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm that is a real, that is a real Luffy. It's the lighting is the problem. Yeah. He's in a bad light. I'll give him that. But, uh, yeah, dude, it's so much fun. I mean, it's, it's mainly been me and my, uh, two other friends, three other friends playing it. And uh, really, I just watch them. And I I sit back with a sniper, or I'm um, I'm a machinist, so I use like guns and all that crazy shit. Uh, and I just basically follow around Eric, and when he cuts people up as a samurai right before they die, I just snipe them and blow their fucking head off. <laughs> and it's just it's a ton of fun. I love it. Um, nice. nice. I don't have really a lot to say because really all I've been doing is that. But they added a ton of shit to it. And it, uh, they had like a bunch of quality life updates that I, I uh, I think are very good. I'm, uh, I'm excited. To, I'm excited to play more. I'm happy. All right, cool. Final Fantasy fourteen, cool again. All right. Yeah, well, it's always been cool, dude. All right, all right. Always been cool. That's it. 
That's all I got. I'm boring. No, it's not great because okay. I'm gonna shift the topic from my section over to yours. I feel like now's oh, the right yeah? time to talk about it. Wait, what's uh? Oh. <laughs> you were you you were one of the prime hairy heads. You were one of the I guys who was. I a, am a hairy who head. Was, uh, I only say this based on one or two Discord posts, so I don't want to overemphasize it. But you were one of the guys who was like, "Oh yeah, let's watch Harry Potter." And yeah, this I'm, week we finished now, part one and I should two say of Deathly Hollows. That Deathly Hollows part one and two. Uh I started losing steam at them with them. Uh part one really took the 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 wind out of my sails for Harry Potter. I was like, dude, this kind of sucked. Uh part two brought it back. But uh it it I didn't have the full blast of sail of sail wind that uh I had in the original, like yeah, few. I feel you. Yeah, I think, I think part one is the worst of the the eight. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's not even a terrible movie or a bad adaptation. It's just like it it's a movie that has a very fake structure to it. You know what I mean? It, it literally is like in a, a huge act one to act two and three and part two. You know what I mean? So it, yeah, it feels I, like it, it doesn't I go really anywhere. do. I, I, so I guess I, in that, really in that sense, it's, it's not a great movie, but that was the way people felt at the time too. like just kind of holding pattern until the second part, uh, kind of an unnecessary two part split. And it's weird too. Cause that's, if I remember correctly, those are the movies that kind of started the trend of splitting up stuff into into parts. It is. Well, so, there were, there like, were it wasn't even a good successes. version of its own, uh, the trend itself. Yeah. I mean, but they, you know, we, we're huge nerds. Like, mainstream-wise, like, the first movie, I only know because I was looking it up for the podcast a few days, but the first movie was something like mid-70% Rotten Tomatoes, and the second movie was quite a bit higher than that. So it's not like they were, like panned critically yeah and they were huge commercial no. sex successes so like it totally validated the concept of splitting it up and and in a way i kind of feel that you know what i mean like if we like of course we know it was all made for money reasons but when you think about all the content that like the last book tries to cover it's not necessarily an unreasonable thought that there's too much for you to cover gracefully with one movie you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's also sure. like true that there's probably just not enough content for two movies so i I can kind of understand the bind they might have been in creatively if we assume that it's a perfect world where greed's not involved you know what i mean yeah Yeah. how how long are those two movies they're each uh two two and a half two hours Hours i think i no i don't think they're quite two and a half i feel like they're two to two twenty because I mean, yeah. So they're both still fairly long. Uh, so it's not like saying, you, you, "Oh, given three hours, they could fit everything in." Necessarily, I was going to say though they might have been, they might have made it if they did the bold decision to make it like a four-hour movie right. with like a, a intermission in the middle. You know what I mean? I maybe my opinion is, I didn't read the books. Maybe it's important, but I feel like any time they're in that forest in the the first part of the movie, I just thought was, I, I don't, I hated it, I hated mm. it. 
it felt weird and out of place, and like I was just like, I do not want to watch this. Like, you mean where it was? Uh, I, Harry, Rod, I, and Hermione. Well, yeah, just not, okay, out. Yeah, I, I, in the forest. Yeah, the three of them in the forest in part right, one, doing a little journey where they're like, yeah, all right, I agree. Yeah. That was weird. Them. I thought it was just so weird and boring and yeah. sl- slow. Usually in a movie, slow. they would rest. Here. They would represent that with like a montage of a journey. You know, exactly. it wouldn't be like a yeah. whole movie's worth. I think I think the problem comes in in a lot of ways that. Um, the density of the plot, like the th- the last book, is not the longest of the books, but as far as like critical things to f- understand, like Voldemort and Snape, like the key things the movie wants to focus on, there's not like a ton of shit they can cut from the books. You know what I mean? And they don't really add a whole lot of scenes either. I don't think. I think most of it is fairly faithful. Mm-hmm. So. At least from the final book, whereas like in the other previous books, because they were at Hogwarts, because they had all this like side adventures, these classes that like we don't necessarily need to see on screen. There's a lot of choices that they could have reasonably made to like cut things, and I think that for the most part they're they're fine adaptations. You know, even if they don't get everything quite right or whatever. Um, it comes down to like the seventh book. If you want to like that scene in the in the forest was like an emotional like hard hitting scene in the books. I'm not saying it hit me hard. I'm saying like how it was written. I do remember that much from it at least. So like I get why they have to do that. It always just comes across so awkward to me. Like I I get uncomfortable watching it because I just like, these guys are weirdos. People don't act like this. This is like a, I don't know. It's weird. I, I hate to harp on this point and sound like a fanboy, but I think structurally just makes sense. Like, it just makes more sense emotionally if like Harry and Hermione are the ones ending up together. And that scene is about them, like, you know, their, their closeness and like the relationship has like alienated a, a true friend that they like enjoy. And that's like a, a real drama that people go through in life. You know what I mean? And it's not like, Oh, this guy is just, kind of jealous i guess and magically coercive he's gonna run off you know what i mean i think that's a result of like them kind of doing ron dirty in the movies you know it's it's yeah, not like it's any too. it's not like it's like hugely better in the books but I, from what i understand because i don't remember it specifically that well ron is given more to do more to say and is probably a better character from the books and right probably yeah, feels right. less awkward Maybe instead of like watching Hermione and Harry dance for like three minutes, we could have like seen what Ron was doing when he was pissed off, and like watch him go through his journey. Watching and change, from out you know the window I mean? like, outside, we we could have we could have seen Ron do something useful. Like it could have yeah, been Ron's fr- because like in the movies, Ron's prime frustration was like how long they were spending on this fucking locket. So go out and do something about it, and like maybe we come, maybe like Ron comes back. With a broken Horcrux in one hand and the sword of Gryffindor in the other, right? And that would have been like a cool moment. You know what I mean? And did I miss something too? Why? Why do they have to wear the Horcrux? Can't they put that bitch in a box? <laughs> and like, they're literally like, we know this affects our mood and is evil and is hurting us, but we're gonna make somebody wear it at all times. Why? I don't know. I I think it's literally just a bad plot device, and like, it's like based on like too. this like. It happens in the books too, but I think it's like just based on this like logic of like 
it, it's it's the Lord's of ring. It's the Lord of the Ringsian logic of right. I am the protector of this object. I have to keep it close. I can't yeah. trust literally anybody except keeping it touching my skin. I guess that's just made the whole forest more frustrating. Uh, like they have identified the Horcrux, you know, influences you. Yet somehow, they have did not try and like take it away. I'm like, all right, well, everyone, that, nobody touch it for like a day. Let's so everyone get to their senses. Just, just like ignore it almost. No, John, they don't. They, honestly, they bring it up I, in, like, I a think, sentence, I think, and then they ignore it. I think you're wrong to criticize Harry though, because he's just a dumb kid, and he's just learning from the greatest wizard of all time, Dumbledore who put that stupid ring on his finger and got a terminal disease. <laughs> and didn't tell him anything. Yep. No, yeah. Didn't give him any just, sort of guidance. I was look. saying that near the end. I was like, so he <laughs> just he just had this knowledge that he only told to Snape and then relied upon Snape being able to tell Harry right before he died and then use that memory in a pensieve to learn the information that Harry needed uh, to kill Voldemort. Not just like you, useful, but needed, required. What you stupid movie nerds don't know, uh, this is only seen in the special edition of the book, uh, Dumbledore's plan all along was to trick Harry into thinking it was okay to wear horcruxes, knowing that he would die anyway and give up the Elder Wand. That way, ah. in book seven, when Harry puts on the horcrux, he's more driven to strife, driving him, Ron, and Hermione away. But that driving them away create, eventually creates an even stronger friendship when they br bring it back together. And Dumbledore knew that Harry needed that for the end. You guys just, just can't really read, read between the lines. They really well should have just slapped them. I agree. I feel like them. a lot of this shit could have been solved if they just, you know, used their fists. But then maybe that's just because I'm not a wizard. Yeah, yeah, maybe wizards, I'm just a wizards dumb are human. straight build different. Yeah, wizards are straight build different. We're all just dumb muggles. There's like a bunch of wizards right now listening to our podcast, laughing their ass off at how dumb we are. Yeah, I think Dumbledore catch me out knew in the streets that. with your little stick, bud. Yeah, as I said, dude, we surpassed wizards in the '90s when the internet developed more fully, and we got cell phones. They literally cannot compete with us. I think Dumbledore knew that Ron is a git and would eventually go bad, so he <laughs> relied on Ron uh, at some point casting Avada Kedavra on Harry and killing the Horcrux part of Harry. Uh, that was the it, plan. Now, now here's my personal canon. Ron really did get the sword from the river, but what we saw was Harry's point of view. But what we didn't see was Harry obliviate Ron after he got the sword. <laughs> Harry got the sword, actually. Oh, yeah, I believe that. No, Ron, you can't touch it. It'll burn your hand. I'm back. It burns at the touch of evil. By the way, another thing I dislike about those two movies is something that I forget it might have been one of you who said it but when they're in the forest being chased by people and the snatchers are firing off spells and it sounds like gunshots and they're hitting trees like oh, bullets yeah. yeah and someone's like oh what when do they get guns and I'm like exactly that I hate that about these later movies that yeah the spells are just guns now. Like, right. I, I, like... I was getting I was getting so triggered at the end when like every spell the bad guys were throwing was a green arrow and nobody was saying about a cadavra <laughs> it's yeah. like are they are they supposed to be the killing curse? Am I supposed to like be, because in the book it's a big deal. I don't think you can wordlessly cast Avada Kedavra, and also like it's the only spell with like a signature green bolt. It's kind mm -hmm. of like Voldemort's like cool flying thing where they just gave that to Death Eaters. They just gave right. all the evil spells a green bolt. Okay, green. No, nine out of ten are just a fake green bolt that's supposed to trick them 
into dodging and then the tenth one dead. is the real Avada Kedavra. I want to say that even Sectum Sempra was like a green bolt. It's like a slash, right? He has to slash yeah, it. Yeah, like a green slash, yeah. What um I actually have a question from Harry Potter and I forgot to ask this. This just reminded me. Um so when uh what's his name? When Voldemort killed Snape, uh what did he use to like slit his throat? A wordless knife spell. Yeah, because he just, just went like going Kacha and then it yeah. was like underneath his uh like neck or his uh like collar. I thought either I I didn't get that. I was like, what the what was the dealio with that? It's not I could no, and it's just uh, you know, Voldemort knows how to work with people's throats, nail. I guess. It could <laughs> it could've it, it, it could have literally just been Sectum Sempra, and we could have seen that, and that would have been like a fun little dramatic end, but I guess that would have been too painful an end for a guy that we're supposed to know as a hero. All yes, right. they taught but then, Voldemort's Sectum Sempra. The other question I had was Or Voldemort just so, knows it because he can read minds. Ooh. Was that Voldemort assumed that Snape killed killed Dumbledore, right? That's why he killed Snape. But or Snape, he did, kill Snape did kill Dumbledore. But, yeah, yeah, that, well, that's what I'm saying. So that's why he tried to get the Elder Wand. He was like, "Oh, you." He assumes killed that Snape, Snape so disarmed you. Dumbledore. Yeah. Yes. All right. So he thought. I just was wondering, like, he gets his thing, Nagini, the snake, to kill him by, like, just, you know, beating him over the head a bunch of times. So Nagini would own body. the Elder <laughs> Yeah, so just, that's what I thought. I was like, Nagini has the Elder One, because technically, Nagini killed it. I did think it. that, too. I think my first time watching, I was like, oh, nice. That's a good question. Does the magic recognize the killing blow, like, the thing that ensured the person's death, or does it recognize the last attack that before their well, death, you know? No, no, I, I think we have that answered because Dumbledore, or because Draco owned the wand because he disarmed Dumbledore. Disarmed. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, it wouldn't have mattered either way. If, yeah, Nagini so, killed so him. Voldemort, well, yeah. So Voldemort disarmed Harry. Like, the Elder Wand seems to know when victory has been attained is the biggest thing. So, like, right. when Dumbledore loses his wand is the moment that Dumbledore no longer has options. Likewise, when Harry is surrounded is the moment that Harry no longer has options. You know what I mean? So, don't, Voldemort has effectively won at that point. Or so right, but yeah, but like what I'm in. saying is, so he thought he disarmed him, and like, but uh, uh, Voldemort he didn't uh he didn't disarm Snape. He let a snake kill Snape, or he let a snake kill Snape. Well, that's what I think. Disarm. You could argue then that like the Elder Wand magic knows that Voldemort defeated Snape in that instance, and the snake is just. Salt on the wound. I think basically. Snake well, should have swallowed the, the, the wand and used it as like an inner thing. That would have been cool. Whatever. Well, here's my question, right? Is there anywhere in the canon or the lore that states how much uh, Voldemort can lift? No. Because I was thinking about it, right? At the end, Harry and him are kind of like mixed in that, like whatever evaporation spell, and they're kind of like struggling for the wand. Hmm. At that point, I mean... They're right at each other, you know what I mean? It's just strength at that point. They're just fighting each other. How strong is Voldemort? How strong is that body? You know what well, I mean? Well, that's a great well, question because well, we know what, that Gryffindors what? have a uh, a gym right outside of their I'm saying, common dude, room. Like, couldn't have they just, like, said, Fuck it, dude. Just took the wand from him and started pounding his face in. Let me ask a question. What level is a, a wizard is Voldemort? I would assume he's sure. got to be like, uh, like an Archmage, right? Level well, wise, because he's like I'm the big saying, bad. 
He's the big bad. Ability, enhance ability to give himself bull strength is only a level three wizard. Uh, but but we we already talked about this, and we said that wizards in the Harry Potter world enhance themselves through potions, not through magic. That's true. Fuck. I ain't seen him take any potions. That's true. There's I just a reason don't understand that the, Harry uh, didn't just fucking fold that man back, you know, just start giving it to him. Yeah, there's a reason yeah. that in the Mirror of Erised, back when uh, Harry looked at it when he was 11, his dad kind of did one of those pinches on his bicep and was like, huh. Hmm. Yeah, all right, all right. And he kind of gave that look, you know? Oh, uh, one other thing I didn't like. Gryffindor, huh? And this would be like my last thing. Um, I didn't like how they used, like, and they use it in the second movie, the Polyjuice thing. And it was like, oh, that's like a crazy... Uh, and then at the end of the movie, they started using that like it was fucking willy-nilly. Like, that shit <laughs> was like getting sold at the corner store. Oh, it is yeah. pretty crazy, too, because it's supposed to be like a very complicated potion. That yeah. Takes a long well, time they're like, well, you have to have a, a, a portion of somebody's DNA, and it takes 30 days to make. So, like, right. it doesn't make sense in any sense that, like, even if there was like a huge need for it, that would be like... A commercially It'd available, readily available. Yeah, exactly. Because like I remember the second movie, it took yeah, it took them like a month to make it. And they were making it in the bathroom, like they were making a uh, wizard meth. And uh, I suppose you could one, argue this that, one like, they were just ready made. Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say like to your guys' point about Voldemort's power level, I I think they like super overemphasize that he's supposed to be frail because he's like. Broken I'm up saying, his soul, dude. I think because narratively, like going at him, man. Narratively, we don't actually see him ever being frail. You know what I mean? He's always like in a powerful, overwhelming presence, and we're just told like he used to be more powerful. But it's like, how much more powerful could this guy be without, you know, methods of rationality reference? Literally owning the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we don't ever see him like dunk on people. We just see him people be afraid of him because of magic. You know, he didn't like choke slam anybody or you know like punch a hole through a guy i think I mean, he do does see... do a lot of impressive magic at the very end Ma that's what, what i'm saying he... magic dude i was gonna he say got his wand uh... away like harry oh, like, you know when they were like wrapped arm in arm when they were doing the evaporation or whatever yeah, you know? still just talking about i'm muscles. just saying dude he was arm in arm with him there's no magic there harry i'm just saying that, like, a more dramatic and better turn would have been that we see voldemort in that like gangly weird form at the end of book four because he just regained his form and then throughout the series he physically is also gaining power and like his form is like growing more powerful or something like oh he's that. like i would have been down with that but that's he's not like what morphing, happened so more, morphing think... into like a demon man or something like that supposed to have like glowing eyes in the book i'm pretty sure well, is, well yeah. yeah the harry could just fucking pluck out <laughs> what's he gonna uh, do we do Harry's see on the him fucking sports team bro in the last movie, we do see Voldemort like uh, suffer bodily, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, deterioration Harm. because of the destroyed Horcruxes. Like as more Horcruxes get destroyed, he's visibly, something's wrong with his body. Like he's got, got cracks and got weird spots and stuff like that. Like he's getting messed up by that. So what I don't understand, how does he die at the very, very end? Like, what is the trigger that causes his death? He evaporates, dude. That, that'll kill you anytime. I don't even remember canonically in the books what it is. Like, I don't do, remember do you know flask? Yeah, no, I don't know. Um, there's something the books, to do with the fact that... He kind of just gets stunned and exhausted a little bit and, like, falls to his knees and evaporates. But I, I know it's right after a Horcrux dies, but, like, 
reason I'm like putting right. my foot in the ground is like he still has a soul inhabiting that body. It's so like this right. it wouldn't just die. You would still have to defeat him after the seven horcruxes. Well, it's right after all the horcruxes are destroyed, and then Harry locks into the wand lock state thing, the beam battle with him. And then in the movie, it seems unclear because he just then it breaks and then he evaporates. So I Googled it. Uh, So what it is, is apparently Harry is the uh, the true Elder Wand uh, owner. Oh, yeah. The Elder Wand starts cracking and stuff like that. When he casts Expelliarmus, I guess Voldemort casts uh, Abracadabra at him. And it basically backfires. Yeah, it it just reflects back to him. God, yeah. Hence the oh, yeah, green so, coming so he, back. He through kills the himself. World. Okay, he gets gotcha. Ma- making making it literally three times in canon. Harry says "fuck you" to Avada Kedavra. <laughs> what about the, all the giant spiders? What happened to all them? Right after the battle, they ascended on the castle and killed everybody. <laughs> they, I they thought you were about to say that. they like that ripped all the Death Eaters apart at night. Just came from behind. I just read that passage in the books real quick, and I like that it makes mention, and Harry, with the unerring skill of the Seeker, caught the wand in his free hand as Voldemort fell backwards, arms splayed, the slit pupils of the scarlet eyes rolling upward. (laughs) Yeah, scarlet eyes. There you go. Uh, John, I thought you said, um, I thought you said they, instead of ascended, I thought you said attended, and I thought you were going to say they started attending (laughs) Hogwarts. Yeah, they got equal rights. The Acromantala children. Became, uh, yeah. Like, like he's supposed to care of the spiders. Like, he's supposed to be a snake man. Imagine if he looked more like this boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, from Elden Ring. Like, a, yeah, like an Elden Ring boss. Yeah. All right. Uh, Greg, we, we, we just took up a lot of your roundtable. Um, yeah. I think that's good, though. Okay. Right? That's, okay. that's, that's, that's yeah. it. That's it. All right. Uh, Flask, I'm looking it, at 15-ish minute resolution to a break. How do you feel about that? For your I, could, I could do that. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. No pressure. I mean, I, I feel kind of crazy that Thursday keeps rolling around, and I it feels so quick without me having does, really played yeah. anything. I feel kind of weird. Like, yeah. I guess I'm just doing other stuff. So I don't I don't have anything like particularly I want to talk about aside from two movies. Okay. Um uh John, when you wrote down Moon Salt in your uh thing for Moon Knight, I thought you were gonna I knew I realized what it was, Moon Knight, but I thought you were talking about Moonfall, the new Roland Emmerich film. <laughs> I came out recently. I not watched that. Not good, right? It is not good. I watched the um, Red Letter Media uh, yeah. video on I it. Also, or, but, uh, I yeah, also it looks like a that. fun watch. It did yeah, look I'm like not, a fun watch. See, they they make it seem fun. When you're watching it, it's not as fun as, oh, the, as they make it seem. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Roland Emmerich. Like, <laughs> I'm what? I, I just saw a week that John posted. How would Voldemort handle himself in a fist fight? No one's allowed is a core <laughs> question. <laughs> There's arguments for both sides in there. I'm sorry, Blast. Go ahead. No problem. Um, yeah, so I watched this last week. Um, it sucks. And I think I think 
either I've lost or Roland Emmerich has lost whatever spark there was in enjoying these like disaster movies of his. Uh, I haven't enjoyed one in, in a while. I did not like Midway. Uh, basically since, I don't know. Yeah. Independence Day Resurgence was terrible. So yeah, I think maybe he's just lost his, 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 uh, whatever like little enjoyment you could, you could. I would say his movies were never like movies you would call great film. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I was, I, I, I say, say, say for good because like some of those movies are fun enough that like I enjoyed them. Oh but... yeah. I have a soft spot for like day after tomorrow. Yeah. Um, he made, you know, Stargate and, uh, whatever. Right. Uh, there's no one he made. Independence Day, of course. Um, yeah, yeah. So he has a style yeah, that's fun sometimes. But now it's like I just I no longer really find them amusing in the way I once did. Um, and you can, yeah, I recommend watching RLM's review just because it to get the full picture of what's bad about the movie, but also what's you know maybe dumb fun about the movie. Um, yeah. Still don't recommend watching the actual movie. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I good. did 2012. Yeah. Which this movie is probably movie? closest to 2012. Oh, okay, all right. I didn't hate that movie completely. I wouldn't recommend I, it to a human. Exactly. Right. <laughs> That's the way I feel about it, too. Yeah, all right. It's like, I guess I enjoyed it while I was watching it a little bit, but I would not recommend it to a human. Yeah, um, a movie that I would recommend to any human is a movie I just saw that just came out called uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, Have you guys I've heard, heard very good one? things about this one. Yeah. Uh, it's getting good reviews pretty much across the board. Um, in theaters? I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I heartily recommend this one just because it's so distinct in its its vision and its execution. Um, it's from the directors of Swiss Army Man. So, you know, it's got that that weirdness all over. I don't know if any of you ever saw that. But basically, they're, they're two guys named Daniel who make weird movies. They made the um, Turn Down for What music video. I think they were like, they made music videos back in the day. Uh, Swiss Army Man was, for anyone who didn't watch it, that was the movie where Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, uh, plays a, a <laughs> flatulent corpse. Um, that Paul Dano finds oh, in the yeah. woods when he's lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and has they to, have use to like, survive. To help and, him yeah. Survive, yeah. Funny movie, weird movie. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, this, Everything Everywhere All at Once is uh, fun. A lot of fun. It's very inventive, very creative, uh, and surprisingly touching. Uh, you know, the story has a uh, a good heart and message to it that I'm sure will be very affecting for many people. Um, its production is is really great. It's it's like uh, action comedy drama. Um, basically, it's about just to, real quick. It's about uh, Michelle Yeoh plays the stars in it. She plays the protagonist, um, and she runs a laundromat with her husband, and they have a, a grown daughter. And basically, her life is just like this stagnant, uh, repeating thing. None of her dreams were ever realized, but she's you know come to terms with that. And then, uh, all of a sudden, one day when they're at the IRS office. Uh, something happens to her husband and crazy things start happening and like a whole expansive multiverse is opened up for her and suddenly she's like having to fight for the, the fate of the universe basically <laughs> the multiverse I should huh. say um, 
Can, so it's basically a sci-fi a, movie. Can I ask a yeah. question? I don't know if I want to know the answer to. Sure, I'll tell you. I, I won't tell you if you don't want to know. Is this movie going to end in something like this lazy and crazy or it's all a dream or something like that? Uh, no. Okay. It, it's, yeah, no, it's not a cop out at the end. Okay. Because nice. it just sounds like a really cool theory, really cool premise, but I've seen premises like that. Right. That's just. Okay, I see where you're going. Like, like that she because she's never realized any of her dreams, she like cracks and suddenly she's thinking about all these things she could be and what she could do to save you. It's not that. Like, 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 like Birdman was a great execution on exactly what I'm complaining about. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't think it made Birdman less. I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would still be a good movie, but uh, yeah. No, it's it's thankfully not that as a resolution. Okay. Um. What's the title yeah, of the movie far, one more time? Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Okay. Since you just described it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so, yeah, as far as, like, multiverse movies go, I'd be, I'd be pleasantly surprised if the upcoming uh, Doctor Strange 2 is even as good a multiverse movie as this is. It, I mean... Oh, that's it's, fascinating. Okay. It, it's certainly not going to be this crazy, because this has that weirdness, you know, stank to it, which is kind of its own thing. Even with... Uh, you know, Sam Raimi directing it. I don't it, think is it like it'll a, be nearly as weird an element, as a Marvel thing. Element of like a rational character of some kind who's like trying to solve things or or, or what does it feel like? Not really. It's it's um Or is she like <laughs> experiencing things? She's definitely experiencing things. Uh it's like a like an acid trip a little bit. It's like, you know, a lot of okay. a lot of mind altering okay. stuff and a lot of can read a description of the movie if you like. And, and who's the um, who's the director? It's two guys. Uh, they're both named Daniel something. Daniel Kwan and Daniel some. Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinart. Okay, yeah. I might I might be pronouncing that. They at one point they went by the name the collective name Daniels because they're both named Daniel. But no, oh, that's funny. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll have to check this out. And uh, the actors all do well. You know, I, I, I think I was most surprised by um, Ki Hui Kwan, who as a kid played Data in The Goonies and Short Round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> uh, he's back. <laughs> he's now, he's of course, back. like a middle-aged man. I was saying um, he's he, pretty old. Yeah, he did a few other roles in the 90s, and uh, then he did mostly behind-the-scenes work not mostly he did behind the scenes work at that point and then power gap 20 years to now where he comes back and appears in this movie. Um, and for a guy who hasn't, hadn't been acting since he was young, surprisingly good. He is probably my favorite part of the movie. Um, and apparently he's just back into acting now. I guess his like passion got reignited for acting. So he's going to be in other stuff now. I think that's cool. Um, kind of a non-traditional career path. Uh, and I do want to mention one not insignificant issue with the film. No spoilers, um, but just something to mention. Uh, and I think it would have been solved by another like harsh rewrite of the of the script or some stricter editing or something like that. The movie is long, uh, pretty long, and it could be a bit more concise while communicating the same things. Um, okay. But as I said, it has a good heart to it, and the the characters and how they conflict and you know, resolve those conflicts all make sense. Don't get me wrong. But the analogy I thought of was, remember how the return of the King 
just keeps ending over and over again. It's like a, th- that's the joke about Return of the King's ending is that it has multiple endings. Just keeps yeah. going. Uh, this movie's last hour or so kind of does that, but with you know, emotional climaxes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With, right. Right. You say with game show climaxes? With emotional climaxes. Oh, I thought you were saying like the last <laughs> hour is her experiencing different. Like, <laughs> like. That would and be something. you win a Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it hits it hits the same type of emotional beat multiple times on its way to the ending, which I think reduces the impact a bit. That being said, uh, a lot of people are getting a lot out of this movie, so don't let that dissuade you at all. Um, and I liked it a lot. And mm. you don't, you really don't get to see off the wall stuff like this nearly often enough in movies. Sure. So it's it's a definite recommend. Okay. That's all. That's all he says. Cool. Well, that was uh, everywhere, all at once. Everything, everywhere, yeah. all at once. Oh, sorry. Everything, everywhere, all at once, and Moonfall. Yeah. And with that, we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna come back. I'm gonna talk a little bit about some stuff, and we'll move on into the no. news. Hey, gamers, did you guys know that Kingdom Hearts 4 was announced? What does the Broken Campfire crew think about that? Everybody hold your tongues. It's not quite time for the news yet, Teehee. I don't care. What the fuck? Kingdom Sharks. Right, what is he right, doing? John, John, I asked you one <laughs> favor of this whole damn podcast. Just hold your tongue. All right. I'm off the chain, you know, bud. You know what? Maybe, maybe You're we'll going to be- call break? Not- I'm not going to go on break. You're going to call break over? Guess where I'm going. I'm going on break. I'll be right back. All right. You know what, guys? We we may not be back. Anarchy rules. We come back and Vito's the only one back. Oh, yeah. Let's get Vito in here. People need him. The people crave him. You know, he's 80% of the show. I didn't know that. That's cool. That's a good statistic. I get the background analysis. You know, I got a, I got a guy on the inside. It's actually Vito and Greg all the way, all the way up and down. Surprisingly, <laughs> the rest of us barely register. Damn, that hurts. It is. It's one of those things where, like, we we make up like uh, the three of us make up like one percent combined. <laughs> yeah, the exactly. Rest them. Exactly. We're, what were they called? We're trace amounts of entertainment. On TV tropes, would be like we'd have character entries, but they'd be the two like breakout characters that have tons of stuff about them. Oh yeah, we're not getting any sort of spinoff or nothing. They have they have wiki entries. They're they're blue links. We're red links. Break breaks would be like the most extensive of all for some reason. It would have like, yeah. <laughs> it would have a sub page for Final Fantasy with like headers for each of the patches, so we get breaks like. Updates on each patch note. Episode 34. Greg patch 1.5. Greg also has the most fan theories written about him. He's got that lore. I I live to see comments like LOL. I love when Greg is just sitting there. Well, the rest of them are droning on about Star Trek and nerd stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Me. 
I want Greg to be the most liked person on the pod. Yeah, he represents. He he's he's relatable. By the way, Greg, uh, thank you for letting uh-huh. me know that Lost and Random is on Game Pass now because that's I've been waiting for that. Oh, dude! Tell I'm me what you I, I love I love that game. Greg, Greg's update was so live that I had to restart Xbox like three times to get it to show up. <laughs> Damn, dude! Yeah, that game is fucking great. I hope yeah, you guys know no, it. Yeah, no, that's cool. Looks cool. Welcome back, everybody. Well, fly- oh, thanks. Well, sorry, Greg. I mean, we already talked about Harry Potter on your segment. Uh, yeah. So I'll talk about a little bit of something everybody loves, and that's Whose Line Is It Anyway with uh, oh, Aisha Taylor. Oh. Is that what she's watched, doing now? I watched, yeah, yeah, she hosts that. There's eight seasons of it. Uh, it's still pretty good. Like, there's a little bit of, like, new show weirdness, but uh, not as quite as fun as the Drew Carey seasons. Quite a bit more singing, which I never mm. was a huge fan of originally anyway. No. But there's still a lot of, like, the original bits that, that, are, that still feel fun and good. Ryan Stiles and Colin Mockery still carry the show. The Wayne Brady is good. Um, I, I'm a little bit annoyed by just how many, like, joke well just how many like jokes about wokeness there are uh i could definitely feel that like most of these seasons were in the donald trump era which doesn't wear great um but it's still pretty good uh the guests they have on are still fairly solid there there's some mixed ways that they interact with the audience that seems good and some that seem bad like there's a new celebrity song every episode where like a special celebrity comes on and they sing a song about it and it's like well you knew you were going to have the celebrity and like the questions that you asked him on stage are are so basic it's like a lot of songs i'm like how much of this was just pre-scripted and when i get that feeling in an improv show it never feels good you know what i mean yeah definitely definitely i mean because ah, you know i want to give them the benefit of the doubt man I mean, they're geniuses but like they have to have some sort of foreknowledge because you don't want them to just stall out. Yeah. Like not yeah. be able to do anything, you know, like. Yeah. So like the one, the ones that make me laugh the most are like sometimes the comedian does say something really weird on stage. They do have like a, a weird song that doesn't always rhyme or something like that. And that, that makes me laugh more when like I can tell that like the feels at least mostly improv, you know. Um, one thing that I think is interesting is the show is definitely a bit more off the cuff. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot more, like, swears that aren't bleeped out and that kind of thing. And, like, uh, a little bit raunchier jokes that are shown on screen. Stuff I imagine that probably... Yeah. I mean, it's not quite, like, late night Who's Line. I'm not going that far. But, like, you can tell, like, just because there was eight seasons of the show in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, whenever. And then now eight seasons in modern time. You can tell, like, TV generation has changed. Aisha Taylor, by the way, is a fine host. Like, not as like fun as Drew Carey, but she does all right. Check it out. It's the impression I've always got of her. Yeah, it's like she's all right. <laughs> uh, then I played two video games quite a bit. I'll Only start two. talking about Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. 
which I'm playing on the Game Pass. I'm like six or seven chapters in. I'm finding this game to be a lot of fun. Um, the characters are really where I think the game is 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 trying to like make its focus at. The game's story is kind of centering around Peter Quill, Star Wars, of course, and his uh, relationship with his mother and with the team and all that. Um, but some of my favorite moments of the game so far have been the pre and post mission segments where I'm in the ship, just walking around talking to the dudes. Um, sometimes like the guys are mad at me, you know. Sometimes they're not. Um, a lot of fun character dialogue. I've I've laughed a couple times. Written very well. The gameplay so far I think is fine and serviceable. Not super wowed by it yet. I can kind of see where it's ramping up to where I can have like more abilities and like um more ways to shoot things. Uh, and I I kind of hope it gets there soon because it, it's been a while of just mostly shooting things. There are mm. cool abilities and I and I'm enjoying that, but. You know, it builds up. I'm sure it's going to get there. Yeah, I, I, I do agree, though. I wish it built up quicker. Um, and I kind of thought about, like, how good I'm feeling this game is and how little we heard about it, and we've kind of touched on that before. So I went back and I watched the reveal trailer again in E3 2021. Let me post that in case anybody wants to throw it on. Just so you get an idea about marketing and that kind of thing. Yeah, and what uh, would you think? Uh, it's too flashy, fast, and frenetic to give you like a good feel for what the characterization, which means that like you don't ever get a feel that these guys are anything other than carbon copies, cutouts of the MCU characters who are just not their main actors. It has some good right. moments in it though, but like it made me think that like this game and more games like it need the Hogwarts legacy presentation approach where you show a bit more, where you have a slower presentation that's guided by like people who've worked on the game talking about it. You know what I mean? If we had heard them talking about their relationship with the MCU and the comic book universe, that probably would have turned more heads back when it was announced. It made it made it stand a bit more apart from Avengers maybe. You know what I mean? I, I think they may have done like a fifteen minute presentation at some point but i think it was just okay. like i think it looked to us we didn't maybe pay enough attention to it but it looked to us like a sort of i don't know just kind of boring like run and gun sci-fi themed thing like we were just yeah you know because you're behind quill you're just you're seeing him just run through metal corridors and and you know funky looking colorful levels and uh shoot at stuff you know and if there's people like talking over it, maybe you're not getting the full brunt of all of the character interactions and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, now I'm watching the trailer now, and I, I mean, it's it's a fine trailer. Like it's not like misleading you about what you see in the game. Not misleading you in the game, but it just feels like so almost the like if I was trying to right. make a meme of a trailer. Like it's playing like you know uh, what is this song? Uh, I don't know. What a very popular hero, song, by, you know. Uh, uh, I need a hero or whatever, tiger. and it's just like I don't know. Just buy the books. Like, all right, play po insert popular song, like show a few clips of them arguing, and that yeah, that's another thing you said. This is you know, it's a Guardians of the Galaxy game, and like, I I think they made it work totally. But like, everyone's initial impressions are going to be okay. This is not 
the Guardians of the Galaxy MCU. This is like the bargain. It, it, you know, it's coming right after the Marvel's Avengers. It's just like that. Like they had the Avengers in there, but it was fucking like uh, Timmy, Timmy Stank. Uh, you know, instead of Tony Stark. You know, it was like the the wish tier Avengers, and that's you know the, the benefit. It's actually of the, the opposite. Well, it is. The, yeah, it definitely is the opposite. But, you know, I don't blame people for no, thinking I, I know, that is the mean, case, yeah. you know, going into it. Uh, especially sure. after Marvel's Avengers came out and that game just fucking sucked. So, yeah, yeah for I sure. definitely. Yeah, there's a bit of bad luck, but I think they could have done a little better. I remember the moment that you came on the podcast. You had not been talking about this game until you finished it. And you were you said something like. I think you said something as bold as I think it has one of the best stories in, in many years. I was like, what? It was I crazy how John was that. just lying. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's really crazy. good. I mean, like, uh, the, the main story is, like, it, it's fine. I'm not, like, no, it's it's good, whatever. Main story is whatever. But, like, what I'm really into is, like, the character interactions. And it feels good. Yeah, and because yeah. I don't know the comic book stuff, almost everything the character says is, like, a lore side, sideway thing is something I'm learning. So... Yeah, and there's cool. just so much in that game to find, like... Uh, yeah, it, it, it is anchored in the comic universe, not in the MCU universe, just to be clear. It's, like, it's not just the characters. It's sort of a mix. Yeah. It is. It, is it sort of a mix? Okay. It is. There's like Mostly a, comic with some movie elements. You know, on that the prison place you're on, there's like a computer you can go to. I, I don't know if you've gotten to it yet, or maybe maybe you got to it. You know, you can just read like a like a like a whole lore dump on like different characters, like that guy you just spaced, Jack Flag. Yeah, and he's I a comic book character. Yeah, stuff like that, and you know, there's gonna be more places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game's pretty long too. You're you're still in the beginning stages. Uh, okay, cool. I mean, yeah, just I don't know, such a definitely one of the the I'd say yeah best superhero games that I played. Cool. Yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot so far. I'll have more to say about that as I progress. I think. Chapter six, maybe seven, somewhere around there. I played a little bit last night. I, uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil, but yeah, I played a little bit last night. I, be I beat another chapter last night. Holding out for a hero. That's the name of that song. Holding out not, for a hero. Not, I, not yeah, I, yeah, fucking lame song for a trailer, dude. Overused. Should have just used one of the original Star Lord songs. There's, a, there's like over dude, a that song the fucking game. slaps, bro. It would have been way better. Yeah. I've also made quite a bit of progress in Weird West. I'm on the fourth character now out of five. Um, that's not a spoiler you see at the beginning of the game. Um, oh. <clears throat> just saying. Just covering my bases here. Yeah. I think I'm going to start that maybe tomorrow or tonight. Cool. I've got a lot to say about it. Um, and I'm not going to spoil much of anything at all. Maybe some of the stuff I'm saying is going to help you out because I... I have some warnings, perhaps. Um, but before I get into any of the negative or like any of the complicated stuff about the game, I, I just want to say it's a very fun and interesting game. I, I like it a lot. I definitely recommend it to everybody. But I'm going to also bust into it because uh -oh. it's messy. But it's an immersive simulator is what they market it as. And like I think that a lot of that means into like trying to lean into a certain sandboxiness of the gameplay into the story. And I think that that crops up into a lot of bugs. And like, I feel like this game's scope perhaps exceeded its budget 
in a lot of ways. But I'm going to get into... You guys want the good or the bad first? I wrote a the list. Bad. Yeah, the bad. The economy is busted. And it also makes crafting busted. Um, crafting in this game is... Guns have tiers between copper, silver, gold, and you can get copper ore and convert that into upgrades, basically. But it's always just more efficient. It takes less time and just so easy. Why would you not do it just to buy a better gun? And they're pretty easily available. Uh, so I, I literally never have a point to do crafting. I have so many crafting materials, and I just don't do it because I already have bought better stuff. And that kind of leans into the other thing. Like, the economy is, like, really bad. Um, for you, you can, or for the game? Like, is it too easy yeah, to get a bunch of money, way. or is it, it too hard? It's, it's just shallow. Like, uh, let, me, let me explain. Like, there's an item called the Nymph Head, for example. This Nymph Head doesn't seem to do anything. And players, I've looked online, have agreed that it's pretty much just useful for selling. So you can sell it to one character. Then that character goes to sleep, and you can buy it, or you can steal it, and then she wakes up, and you can give it back to her. And you can and sell it back to her. And you can do that without using any lockpicks or anything. You can just open one of her windows and crawl through. And it's not like a hard to do. It's very super simple to do. There's no consequences to it. And you can net many hundreds of dollars in like 30 seconds doing that. And it like, I get it. All these games have exploits like that. But there is literally no consequence to me. This item seems designed to do that. There's literally no consequence to me stealing this woman's item and selling it back to her. So, faced versus to that versus like doing a bunch of bounty hunter radiant quests to get money to buy a gun. Why would I not just do that? Uh, and that kind of the economy thing kind of wins into the loot as well as really shallow. Like, there's six different types of guns. Revolver, shotgun, rifle, etc. I think maybe five. And each one of those, there's pretty much only two variations of each type. And then they get go from copper, silver, gold, legendary. And that's pretty much the depth to the loot in the game. Almost everything else you find is junk. That sells for not much. And there's a lot of it. And you don't have a whole lot of inventory space. And also you you have your horse inventory, which you can access, or your companion inventory. But all those are through different menus. So there's there's a lot of it that just feels kind of messy when we start talking about like the loot, the economy, the crafting, and all that. A lot of systems that I think are actually just bad are just not working. Damn. God damn. All right, but what about the good though? Well, there's more bad. Oh. <laughs> you fool, <laughs> right. John. You thought it was over. <laughs> uh, there's tons of ways that the that the game or the world state seems to have been bugged in some way. Um, such as trying to kill a character is directed by the main quest. The fortress is full of hostile enemies. The enemies are labeled as friendly, so my reputation goes down if I'm spotted killing them, resulting Oops. in, like, a very long session of me stealthing an area that was not meant to be stealth and killing everybody and not being seen, so I don't take a reputation hit. This, is this stuff that uh, you imagine is intrinsic to the game? or this Because this doesn't sound like a Game Pass bug. This sounds like... I think this is intrinsic to the game. Yeah. I think that this game came off weirdly hot off the presses. Um, I'm sure that they had pressures, but it wasn't like there was a lot of demand for it to come out anytime mm -hmm. soon. 
An NBC companion ran off after I killed his family, who were literally zombies attacking us, and also he is fighting back before I killed them. <laughs> uh, a bounty hunter quest, and I'm forced to fail because nobody spawned in the designated location. Um, on the menu screen, one of the loading tips advertises quick, loading, quick saving and quick loading to experiment. And that it actually is one place the game excels, and it's experimenting with the gameplay. feels a lot of fun to do that. Um, but if you quick save in an area where there's a bunch of NPCs around and you quick load, they will always have different behaviors and sometimes different placements. Like the NPC world state is not saved. So oh. it makes it really hard to like experiment in stealthy ways. That's that, that was just a personal noise. Line. This one's going to be a big blow. I'm not going to lie. It's weird in story and somewhat less weird in gameplay. There's no magical ammo. And like I said, there's pretty much just one or two flavors of each weapon type with no special monster killing weapon that I've seen. Monsters don't seem to be weak to certain weapons. They seem to be weak to perhaps certain elements, though. A bullet. But like, I, I felt especially taunted in one quest where a werewolf hunter uh, wanted me to do something for him. And in return, he would give me a special werewolf killing rifle. And then when I got it, it was a silver tier rifle, which was worse than the rifle I had out on me. Oh wait! Like so, I said, it, it like the economy is busted. Yes, he was literally calling it a silver werewolf killing rifle, but it was a tier weapon. That's it was not like stupid. a special werewolf weapon. It, like that's what I'm saying. The game like almost was taunting me there, and kind, that kind of contributes to where like there is some cool enemy design, and there's a lot of cool monsters. Don't get me wrong, but the experience of fighting almost all of them is the same. You'll shoot gun and they will die. Oh, I can shoot. The AI, so. the AI is dumb, pretty much all around. Stealth AI is really simple. They don't get alerted when they should. It's really easy to game it. Enemy AI is, is dumb. Friendly AI is perhaps like the most egregious because you have to deal with companions. They're kind of a necessity because they they serve as good bullet sponges and they can get off some good kills. But a lot of times I find them running into weird elements that they shouldn't, like things that are on fire or running into my bullets, that kind of thing. I mean, just to round out my list, I have some annoyances in the way that you, you transition from one character to the next. That may count as spoilers, so I won't say them if you guys don't want to, though I think that they might be good hints or things to know. Uh, I don't give a frick. I don't think I mind. I'm good, personally. You will pretty much always have to buy a horse again. Your money doesn't transfer over, either. The rules behind what characters retain what items seem cryptic. Like, if you go back to character one, maybe she'll have some items, maybe she won't. Uh, no strong signaling that a chapter end is imminent. So be sure that you tie up your side stuff as you come to it. Don't go uh, away on it. That's a little bit of a bummer, but maybe maybe it wraps around at the end or something. I, mean, I don't know, you play the game. I, maybe. That is still a bummer. Even if it does, it's still kind of lame. And uh, owing to that, your most of your items do carry over, including unspent ability points and unspent golden ace of spades, your perks. But just be warned that your perks that are spent, the ones that you've earned, will carry over. Your abilities will not. So don't overinvest your purple points into a character if you think your story might end soon. If you use some narrative logic, you can kind of figure out when your character's quest is going to end. You know what your main quest is, and when you think you're about to finish it, 
you're probably going to end. It's not like it's going to be super sudden. Okay. But you get what I mean. The game does not tell you this is the point of no return. Finish all your side stuff. It will just yank control from away from you and move you on. All right. That's all the bad. And, and, and all that, like, it's just stuff that, like, I, it, that genuinely bothered me in my gameplay. Um, the economy actually didn't bother me as much as I said, because I could mostly just ignore that. But I wanted to get into the, the positive qualities that the main story is really interesting. I'm really enjoying the main quest of all of the um, main characters. Even though perhaps structurally they're a little simple, they have cool Weird West stories. It, it's Weird West. Despite all those annoyances earlier, combat is fun as hell. Gunfights go quickly and they're frenetic. Like, the moment things pop off, like, you can be dead in three seconds or you can have the whole uh, crew dead in, you know, three seconds. Like, it's pretty crazy how gunfights go. And to walk That's back cool. to some of the things I said last uh, time about it seemed like the abilities were kind of out of whack. I think that some people finish the game feeling that way, but I've actually kind of come around on that because... I've sort of intentionally been playing each character differently than the last. And the game does guide me into doing that too. Uh, and that's led to a lot of cool surprises and gameplay. I'm having a lot of fun actually playing the game. These are all those mini picks earlier were just things that I've noticed. And I'm a little bit disappointed by um, it. almost feels like I'm playing an early access game. Like everything I Sounds said like earlier it. can be fixed with time. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. It's kind of disappointing because this, initially seemed like a game that would be uh like an immediate oh one of those games to put on the, the you know the 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 current list you know not like put on right. the backlog for, right. but it's it's definitely the more i hear about it from you and i'm even looking at like reviews scores and excerpts right now seems like uh seems like a definite backlog for when it's fixed down the line yeah i would give it some time like i think that almost everything i said except perhaps some of the shallowness in the gameplay is going to be fixed with time um, and I didn't go into all, all the nitpicks I've noticed either. You guys might notice things on your own playthrough. The point is, like, what I'm trying to convey when I say all those things is that this game is trying to do a lot, and it gets pretty rough around some edges. Um, and I've seen that sentiment uh, echoed in reviews as well, like overly ambitious. Yeah. Some, some other positive qualities, though, is, like, a lot of really cool and genuinely interesting characters so that comes with the side that um there's a considerable lack of depth to most npc companions most not all this there's at least one that's really cool that's uh kind of a bummer yeah um, i mean i would i would hope that they would be interesting because the weird part of weird west kind of indi would indicate to me you know uh kind of skewed frame on the world and the people living in it you know like every everybody has yeah. a little something wonky going on so if they weren't <laughs> interesting i'd be like what the hell's the point and uh that, that was my last bullet point it's overall a really cool world but like again like i kind of feel like they just need a bigger budget like there's too many locations that are just the same as another location too many mm -hmm. repeats right and in a not like massive massive world it's big but it's not like huge ass world you know what i mean the, how quickly you run into repeats is annoying to the point where like for example i stopped going to a certain location unless a quest pointed me there because i just didn't like it and i knew i was going to see the same map every time 
I um, ask, I, I post, but hey, look, I'm saying all this and I'm still looking forward to the next time I play it. I'm really enjoying the game. It's just, man, I wish this game had a bigger budget, a bigger team, and cooked for like another year. Mm-hmm. It would have been a 10 out of 10. As it is, I'm going to give it a very solid 8 out of 10, but I'm going to say it's, I'm going to say it's an 8 in all the ways that matter. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty good in all the ways that matter. That's good. Like, overall, I'm enjoying actually playing the game and I'm having fun with it, and I'm interested in the main story. I'm invested. So, it's a good game. I'll say that. It just okay. got a lot of uh, edges to it. I asked the Discord, I said that I was going to be recording a podcast soon, and I said, does anybody have any cool story they want to share about their gameplay? And only one person responded, user Sherrick, this is the Weird West Discord, said, accidentally landing on someone inside a town after jumping from a balcony, only to knock them out and have the entire place come at me like a wanted criminal. It was great to use later on enemies, though. It was an accident, so you, can, you can fall on people and knock them out. That's funny. Yeah, that that gets into another thing I was going to get into. Like the the final thing I want to get into about this topic is that, um, I think this game might also be a victim to marketing in some sense. Not not necessarily entirely. The Weird West reveal trailer is really cool, but like one thing I picked up on is that the only thing you really learn about the gameplay is at the very end it calls it an action RPG experience. Which is a really bad way to describe what the game eventually is, which is like a, 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 a pseudo fallout to twin stick shooter type thing. You know what I mean? It's kind of hard to describe, but like they did not do a good job of describing that as well. But okay, what I'm going to get into is that that language action RPG experience has evolved into um, calling the game an immersive simulator. To the point where the developers gave a talk at GDC earlier this year uh, about how to build an immersive simulator, which which was not into, in like, their marketing materials. You're saying like right. that's a change in language, right? And that kind of changes things because like that that puts into context why there's a lot of this mess I pointed out is because like this game really is meant to be like a game where you can role play as whatever you want, like you you could role play. As I, I, I'm, I think you can do this. I might be wrong. You could role play as a werewolf if you want, and like go through like the weird steps it takes to become a werewolf, which I don't even know how to do. I'm just saying, like I think it's possible. Hmm. You know what I mean? Dude, I you love werewolves, role- so I might. Owing to like what I was saying about the game's economy, I think the game's answer would be like, you chose to be somebody who would steal from the doctor. I mean, you could just choose not to be that. I think the game is is lending a lot on the immersive sim part of it and that you are just the game is trying to give you the freedom to play how you want so that's why i like look at these a lot of these negatives i mean the bugs of course like the the weird weird world state things are of course bad but a lot of these negatives i think are just like a frame of mind and i think that's why it's like something i can poke at as like hey that's kind of weird but also like i'm having a ton of fun playing it anyway i'm able to look past most of that is what i'm saying you know what i mean okay yeah and that kind of lends, like, gameplay-wise into a certain... Like, the world is meant to be reactive, and the gameplay is also meant to be reactive. Like, there's a lot of, like, cool interactions with, like... If you shoot an arrow through an oil puddle that's on fire, the arrow will have flaming will have flaming arrows to it. There's some shit that doesn't make sense. Like, if you shoot an arrow over a poison lake, the arrow will be poisoned. Whatever, who cares? 
But like cool interactions like that lend a lot to the gameplay. There's enemies that throw dynamite that you can shoot out of their hands immediately. Um, there's tornadoes that can be spawned in the game at some point that really whack up a battlefield. It the game really like does make it both fun to like play the sentry sniper silent shooting everything and also play the beast man run in and kill everything. You know what I mean? It tries to service both play styles. And I think I would be talking about a nine out of ten game if I played it in like two or three months with all these bugs. Maybe I'll be not honest. 10 out of 10 game. The way you're describing it makes it sound like the marketing should have said action RPG immersive sim, like included all of those things. <laughs> it, it really should have. Yeah. I mean, I I think that like a more intelligent discussion could be had about distinguishing between immersive sim and sim and an RPG. I think Weird West at least to me as as some amateur feels like it's like blending the lines quite a bit you know what i mean mm-hmm. hey can you tell us about the plague event yeah so that that was also another weirdness and and again it's not even there's a lot of this game that like i think is just complicated like i'm not even gonna say it's straight good or bad um but like the event is another complication to the game where like the game is an entirely single player game there's no multiplayer feature to it at all but there is world events apparently that could be initialized by the developers and apparently this week without noticing the initial without me noticing i mean they initialized the plague outbreak world event by without me noticing i mean i was just playing the game and i got a notification that there was a plague outbreak so i thought it was something random that happened to my game or perhaps a consequence of some dark choice i'd made previously but no it was just the developers turning on the plague outbreak button Hmm. Which, the actual event is is kind of cool, and it's mostly like something you can ignore, except when you're near graveyards. So like whatever, but it just feels weird that my world state has like dramatically changed because the player decided that the community now experiences that world state, not because of something in my world. You know what I mean? That does seem very strange. I actually kind of hate that. <laughs> I don't hate it. That's the thing. I um... I don't hate it either. Like like I'm saying, it's just kind of strange. Like I. I don't know, like, yeah, it, I would say that I would hate it if I was a GOG player who, for some reason, the GOG storefront was not allowing people to play the game from release until, like, three days ago. Um, so people who are bought the game on GOG pre-ordered it. A small group of people, but there's definitely some of them, have been waiting for the game. And now when they play the game, having waited all this time, they're in the Plague Outbreak event, unless they know to turn it off in the menu. That's a thing. If the game told me that, I didn't see it. No, I, I had to go to the I had to go to the community Discord to find that out. I could see that being <clears> annoying, and I, I and I, from a maybe from a person from like a FOMO perspective, I could see you not liking this idea. I'm looking at it more as maybe from the point is you know let's say they do like a half dozen, a dozen of these events, you know what I mean, and they just kind of turn them on every like month or so or you know two months. Uh, you know, just down the line, it'll probably give you more reason maybe to start a new game because you're like, oh, I've never started a new game while this event was going on. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll check it out. Uh, I I understand what you're saying. I, I guess not the sheer... I don't even think it's like a great idea. I'm not saying like every game should do this, but I think it's. I, I think don't it's know. cool. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a it small I think, enough I think game. It can be cool. Like a weird enough idea. But like I'm like, okay, I'll see where it goes. Yeah, the fact that I know I can turn it off now definitely makes it better for me. Well, yeah, yeah, that too. Um, but I guess is it I just timed? feel like... Will it go away? Yes, it will. It is a limited time event. 
See, yeah, I dislike this, I guess, the most out of anyone, because, like, I'm a, I'm, first of all, I'm a purist who wants to play the game as it was originally intended the first time through. Like, I, I don't want it to be changing the world state on me. And if I opt out, That's how I then, then I'm just going to miss the timed event. And I hate timed events because I would rather just have that content available for me whenever I want to play it. Yeah, I feel I yeah. definitely understand that point of view. And I think I used to kind of hold, I used to not like modding my games. Cause I was like, that's not how they wanted me to play them. Like, I don't want to fuck with their game. But I don't know. I've broken through to the other side on it's like, I'm a sure. functional adult. I, I know what I enjoy and what is fun for sure. me. I don't mind fair. fucking yeah. things around. Uh, but like I said, I totally get that. If you want, like you, you paid, you know, if, if you did buy this game, you, you paid, you know, whatever, 30, 40 bucks for it. You're going to want all the content. And it's kind of like weird that, you know, in that sense, I get it. It's kind of weird that you could miss some because you're not constantly playing the game. But I will say, you know, and I, I have no idea. I didn't read up on this at all. Perhaps, you know, let's say the zombie plague is going on for a month, right? And then the next one starts. What if they had the option to then turn on and off the zombie at your leisure? And then like as the events pass, basically they're just added to a list that you could turn it on and off for the game if you wanted to. Would that be... I would... I feel like that would be reasonable. That'd be more acceptable. That would be more acceptable. But I mean, my ideal was like what, what I thought was true in the game originally, where that was just a random thing that happened in my game, and it happens sometimes in the Weird West. You yeah, know? that would have been cooler like, too. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, like I said, there's definitely... This isn't, I don't know, the optimal way, but I, sometimes it's just refreshing to see someone try something new, even if it yeah. kind of sucks. Sure. Or not even sucks, but it just doesn't totally come through. Yeah, it is definitely a new thing. Yeah, that is true. Well, Andy, you were describing like it it can fuck up like <laughs> critical yeah, NPCs and but, stuff like that. Yeah, but to be fair, I don't know if those critical NPCs were dead anyway. In the other interaction I talked about, where the companion ran away it was because of just a weird bug. With yeah, that. and that is. In an already buggy system. Yeah, that's a good point, though, that you you bring up earlier off the show. I mean, before implementing any of these, they should have fixed the game more. You know what I mean? Like, why are you adding more content if you have not fixed what's there? Kind of feels like the Plague Outbreak is meant to distract me from the fact that they need time to work on the other things. Right. (laughs) I almost didn't want to say that because I... I, I hate just being accusatory like that, but that, that is the vibe I get from the messaging. On the Discord, they had said, uh, patch 1.1 is coming live with the uh, uh, with this limited time event. Also, we're releasing on GOG with this limited time event. You know right, I mean? yeah, but, I can see that, yeah. I did see that. My, my game did patch on the, the Xbox store, so gotten something out, I guess. I didn't look what the patch and- notes were. I didn't look at the patch notes either, but I know the patch notes resolved uh, some significant bugs that I experienced early on. And I think they added some things to the UI, perhaps, to make it easier. So it's totally possible your experience is totally different from mine. I also think it just depends on your tolerance for these things. So if like, you're a guy who just like enjoys the fun of it, and you're able to like recognize that you're playing a messy thing, but you can just make your own fun, I think Weird West is going to be a fantastic game for you, especially if you enjoy the setting. Nice. That's all I got. That was that was a lot, but I've been thinking a lot about Weird West and how to talk about it. I think I got it right on the table there. I only have 
like a character and a half to go, I think. We're probably like halfway through the fourth character, so we'll probably have it wrapped up by the time we meet again. You better. Greg. Yeah, man. Hey. Uh, did you know that Kingdom Hearts 4 was announced? Cool. I believe previously I had said that I do not care. I, uh, I've played Kingdom Hearts 1, and that's it. God, um, I thought he was a super Kingdom Hearts fan. It turns out he is not. He's not. I'm not. Although, I do like the, uh, the new art style. Uh, I kept making this joke with my friends that, uh, my other friends, uh, that the reason they changed the art style so it kind of looks more realistic now is so they can go into the, uh, the live-action Disney, uh, IPs. So we're gonna oh, get, yeah, uh, Sora. There, MCU and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that. We're gonna get Sora in, uh, the sweet life of Zack and Cody. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Well, in, uh, in Kingdom Hearts 2, they had, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, which was a live-action property. I don't oh, know if there were any live-action stuff in 3. Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, did you guys yeah, see so... uh, with this that he got that Sora got doxxed? They uh they found like the exact <laughs> building and like where his apartment would be in right. the real world in Japan. Very funny. Yeah, very very funny. I can see why though with those aerial shots. Yeah, so the trailer depicts Sora waking up in like basically our modern Tokyo. Japan, Tokyo. Yeah. Which. And then, of course, uh, the big uh, heartless kaiju shows up. It makes you wonder if they're pulling like a dragon guard, where they're actually in our real world. They call it something else, but maybe that's just what they call it. Like it's the name that they use for our Earth. Yeah, could be. Uh, Vicarious visions have been officially merged with Blizzard Entertainment. Goodbye. That's a Goodbye. bummer, but hey, I I hear blizzards on the up and up. That's good. <laughs> As a refresher, they were the ones who made uh, the Crash, uh, Insane Trilogy, and Tony Hawk Pro Skater One Plus Two, and then they were forcefully. Uh, absorbed <laughs> into Blizzard, which is now complete. Gosh, those are both well received. Those, they uh, also did. I, mean, um, I played the Crash trilogy; it was good. Yeah, they also did the uh, the Diablo two remake thing. That's so they've also been good. Yeah, that was been, very well made. I well. heard. Yeah, it's a bummer. They're dead now. Johnny, this is for you. Hard Space Shipbreakers to be released on May twenty fourth. Yeah, this would be cool. I think I... Man, let's try and see real quick. I got this game in early access uh, years ago, for sure. But let's see how many years ago. Nearly nearly two years. Nearly two years. Yeah, that's not that, that sounds about years. right. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see it come to 1.0. I actually haven't played some of the last few updates because... Whatever reason, um, you know, whenever they do a new update, they like reset all progress, uh, and it's not like a fucking short game. Like, you gotta do a lot of ships to level up and stuff. So, like, oh wow, 
I'm just not doing that until yeah. it's at 1.0. Like, I've done enough ships where I'm like, all right, I get the game. I enjoy it. I'm not trying to, like, grind over and over and over, update over and over and over, update over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. Uh, I bet there's some, some people who fucking love that, I bet. Yeah, some weirdos. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'll play when it comes out. I'll give it a report. Now, what I am seeing from people is a kind of disappointment about the game releasing uh, without having much new content or workshop support or anything like that. I'm seeing I'm seeing some disappointment in terms of like, oh, I wish they had delayed longer to to uh, put more stuff in or something like that. Yeah, well, I don't think there's any workshop support. That's yeah, that's what people are saying. Not that that it doesn't have with. Um, I mean. I don't know what people want from this game too much. I mean, it's like a game <laughs> where John, you John, just... are, you, are you crazy? They want to be able to take apart a TIE fighter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I bought... I mean, well, they're actually 25 bucks. Yeah, that's, you know, a decent price. But, like... Yeah, I don't know. What's there is solid. I mean, I guess I wish they could add co-op or something. That would have been cool. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I, so maybe I, me it's... Me personally, what... I think that they... And I don't want to say waste, that's, that's harsh, and I have not played it through. I think that adding, like, a story and a campaign, um, I'm just going to say, I think it's stupid. Which it's, they did do. <laughs> yeah, which right. they did, and they spent a lot of, that's what the last, like, year and a half, or year and updates have been, when they should have just added, like, new ships and stuff. Cause, that's, what, that's what I'm seeing in the comments on the update that people are just mostly annoyed about that. Like, the story that I've played so far is like, oh, you're... You know, it's just a, it's a typical story. All right, so you're a shipbreaker, and, like, become a shipbreaker, you gotta take on, like, a trillion dollars in debt because the company's evil or whatever, and they're giving you all these supplies. They're charging you for oxygen. But, like, slowly, they're, like, building a union or something in space, and you're gonna, like, fight back against the corporation. I don't know. That's, like, the very beginning parts that I played. Um... It's like, who cares? It's not what I'm playing the game for. And, and mm. I don't want to hate. I mean, I'm not trying to talk shit. You're like, just a working Joe. What I've seen was, wasn't like, I wasn't compelled. I wasn't like, yes, I must break down another ship to see where the story goes. I'm <laughs> I'm playing the game for the ship breaking mechanics exclusively. And I think they fucked up hard not going into that. Uh, but that being said, there's still a, a decent number of ships and stuff. You can still have fun. All right. Yeah, I guess the contrast is like Teardown, where like the story is told to you in like a quick email prefacing like, hey, <laughs> go go steal this. And like, that's fine because you're there for the tearing down. Yeah. For the tearing down, the ship breaking. Yeah, yeah. Imagine like, yeah, Teardown, if they had half the levels, but they just had more story. Like, all right, well, that's. I really wish you would have just well, put those other levels in. Apparently they got like audio yeah. logs in, in Shipbreaker. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're just listening to audio logs. The new Dark Souls RPG rulebook has typos, rule mistakes, and gameplay oversight. So I was flipping through it a little bit. Flask, you might have seen more than me, but probably one of the most egregious I saw was like, for example, uh, the knight, the possible starting strength for a knight character is 15 which is one fewer than the 16 points required to equip the knight armor. <laughs> so you That's can't crazy, even right? wear How your starting armor. Like what? There's parts of it where it references a paladin 
instead of the Dark Souls stand-in for whatever a paladin is, a cleric, I think. Is it maybe like they base the book off like a like a different version of the game? Oh, or they, like how could they you base do the that? book off of D and D five e, which is why there's like paladins shit in there still. Right. Okay. Leftover. I don't know. You think they would have a little bit more quality control or? Yeah, apparently or something, right? Steamforged, which is the the company behind this, um, previously made the Dark Souls board game, which I guess sucked really bad. <laughs> so, uh, like, Steamforged apparently does not have a good record, and uh, I mean this this game is only released in the UK right now. I believe I believe it's May for the US release. Um, this RPG, but yeah, so people like in the know about Steamforged are not surprised. Uh, and right now they're basically just a Steamforge is basically just like, hey, tell us uh, all the all the mistakes in, in our officially released rulebook that we that you paid for, and um, yeah, we'll fix them probably in like the digital version. <laughs> so you just have this copy of the physical book that's useless now, or not useless, but like you can play the game if you do a bunch of house rule modifications, but it's it's now a an obsolete product that you have in your hands which is just really shitty and there's a whole huge thread on the subreddit that's just lists of mistakes you know spelling errors uh gameplay uh mistakes my my favorite my favorite is this guy said that there's a special ability like the firelink sword where you spend two position points to gain plus one position <laughs> you're just yeah. Oh my God. Uh. Well, if you if you you know that's, that's a special move if you're trying to stall and waste position points, you know. And Not in a, a game turn. Right, and in a game that's like supposed to be optimized and like play tested and like you know systems and all that, having the rulebook feel like this just like, oh man, this is probably a huge mess. Like, if you're if. One one egregious oversight is that players there's a debate on how to calculate health. Oh god, that is my biggest. You know, we play board games, play quite a few of them, or we did at one time. That is my biggest pet peeve is just not having a concise rule book. Uh, yeah, it can it can really make or break. It really yeah, it can really make or break a game. Like just, just even having one or two, just like vaguenesses. You know, it can just break up a play session, get people arguing. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Man, there's so much stuff here. This is crazy. How do you how do you mess up so badly on something that's supposed to be a like a professional product? Yeah, right. No quality control for sure. In business news, Discovery bought Warner Media from AT and T. I don't know what that's supposed to mean for us peons down at the ground. I think the only thing it means for the ground folk is that I think Discovery Plus and HBO Max are merging as streaming services. Oh, that'll be cool. I, I actually do like HBO Max quite a bit. I feel like it has the most quality content well, for the streaming services. Does this mean that DC has a new owner? Is DC Warner Media? Like DC, like the movies and stuff? Yeah, Batman. Warner owns the DC stuff. So I guess, like, in a way, yeah. Uh, cause, cause Warner Media is becoming Warner Media Discovery, I think it says. Yeah, yeah. Warner, Bro- Warner Brothers Discovery. Wonder if they're gonna keep on going with the, the plans they or the loose plans they have for like this 
ECU or they're just going to start fresh or something? Or? I don't know. I didn't know Discovery was big enough to do this, to pull this kind of I didn't move. either. I, when you said that, I was thinking of like the credit card company. Oh, Discover. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, and then I was like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. I, I do, when I think of Discovery, I just think of like an ailing channel on TV. Yeah, no, I for sure. Wow. But they bought it from uh, from AT and T, Warner Media. They, um, they they have a they have a uh, leadership structure here, but how DC Films is affected is not immediately clear. Just from looking at it over a minute. Okay. Um, so I don't know what entity DC Films is a part of. Is a part of? I guess I could just Google this. Is a part of Warner Brothers? I believe so. Okay. Anyway, there's a lot of uh, changes around. So um, there's also a lot of people continuing their role. So anyway, that's all to say that just further adding to the confusion. We don't know how it's going to affect us a whole lot of the DC Mm -hmm. film universe. I mean. Square Enix's latest RPG falls below 10 players on Steam. Specifically Literally eight, eight people playing Babylon <laughs> Fall. Oh. Babylon's Babylon Fall. The latest yeah, co-op action RPG. Is. It's a co-op action game from Square Enix and Platinum. Oh my yeah. god! Platinum's yeah, behind right. this thing. I feel bad for Platinum. What well, Platinum. Here? So this this is one of those things where people are trying to say, oh, maybe you know, Platinum was. <laughs> coerced into this decision this this route but no it seems pretty clear that this is what platinum wanted to do and it was just a bad decision on their part like they wanted to to get more mainstream to be more to make something that like would be popular in the you know the eyes of the in what is not their usual target demographic but in doing so they left all of their fans behind and made something that no one wants to play so good job when did this come out? Recently, I opened the IG. I also, I opened the IGN review. March. The first, the first sentence of Last the IGN March. review. It is difficult for a game to be truly uninteresting. <laughs> oh shit! They gave it a four. Damn. Babylon's Fall isn't a broken action RPG, but is it a good one either? And it's one of the ugliest games in several console generations. It's not last March though, right? It's it's this past March. This March, yeah, like yeah, a month yeah. ago. Yes, uh, this is the way John. Yeah, said I mean, just the article confused. said struggled to attract any attention when it last when it launched last March. Oh, I, I just whatever the article. Uh, gotcha. March third, twenty twenty two. Right. I guess it was. Yeah, that's a weird way to put it. Technically, like, last uh, March, the yeah. last March that occurred. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I didn't even last, know this game came last out. Last month, living fine. Thought it was a meme or something in the the news docket. No, that's, that's pretty shame. crazy. I didn't realize it. I'd heard that that there's a game, an epic failure game came out called Babylon's Fall that attracted no attention and sold no copies. I did not know until this moment that it was a platinum game. That's disappointing. Yeah, hopefully they learn a good lesson. I think I think they still have goodwill with people, so hopefully they learn a big important lesson from this, and and uh, you know reorient themselves back towards success, the things people actually want from them and love from them. Yeah. Because right now people are posting like comparison games of like 
other games that have technically more players than Babylon's Fall had. And it's it's pretty funny. Oh god. Cock simulator's probably up there. Probably. Oh, fuck. Advanced Wars 1 plus 2 has actually unlocked for one person on the Switch. This is a reboot remake of the DS games, Advanced Wars. Kind of like a tactics game. Uh, I don't know if there's a better way to describe the Well, they were on the Game that? Boy Advance, hence the name Advance. Oh, okay, sorry. Well, yeah. I, pl I played Adv one Advanced of the later Wars ones. Too. I, yeah. Okay. Or maybe not the second one. I did play one of the later ones on the DS, I think. <clears throat> this is pretty funny. This That's is pretty interesting. Amusing. How does how do, how does that happen? I mean, uh, of course, it's already uh, fixed. Uh, oh yeah, I was like, quick update. It was fixed. Uh, she cannot buy it anymore. I think it had something to do with her preloading the copy. Yeah, she preloaded then... it. And but and they didn't give her like a refund or something, and then the game released at like its time, and she was just able to play it. That's funny. And of course, this is the also was a game that was delayed um, by Nintendo due to the ongoing war uh, in Ukraine. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They delayed it because they th thought it was like I don't know, in poor taste or something like that. Oh yeah, fair. Um, so maybe, maybe it has to do with the fact that it was intended to come out, you know? So like, yeah, something was just in place that they had to fix. <laughs> Anthony Mackie ready to start driving cars and blowing stuff up in Peacock's Twisted Metal series. Sweet. Mm, gonna pass. What? But Anthony Mackie. Star of Captain, Fal just like Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> I do Jesus. like Anthony Mack. It was going to be on sci-fi. It's going to be... Uh, Twisted Metal is just like a car oh, game, right? Why does it say sci-fi? Oh, it's on sci-fi.com. Yeah. Yeah, well, Peacock, right, honestly, Peacock doesn't make me... It, it doesn't instill <laughs> any more confidence. Yeah, I don't know. What? NBC streaming service doesn't fill you with confidence? Oh... But yes, Greg, uh, Twisted Metal is the is the the d demolition derby weapons is, car combat. Yeah, it's like car, they're gonna, is, an arena fighter. Is there like cars. a uh, a is there a giant storyline? Like, is there deep lore that it I needs have a no TV idea. series? There's a clown uh, with an ice cream truck. Not especially. I mean, okay, so this guy Calypso holds the tournaments, and if you win, he grants you a wish, and usually they're like some sort of ironic. Like, gotcha wish. Like, one person in the first game, he wishes that the whole world could see him. He wants to be, he says, oh, I want to be famous. I want the whole world to see me. So Calypso stretches out his face uh, in the sky so that the whole world can see him. What a literal Oh, wow. So he's like a wishmaster sort yeah, of like, thing. If, going yeah, on. yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's like a wishmaster thing. And they play with the formula a little bit in the game. So that's pretty much it, though. You could have made oh. that up, and I would not know the difference. <laughs> yeah, that was real. That was real. That might have been two. One, one or two. No, I'm just saying that real. that whole oh. premise, like Calypso, oh, well, no, no, was granting. Yeah. And then, well, in number four, you guys don't care about this. In number no. four, actually, Sweet Tooth takes over. And he does literally the oh, exact same shit. thing. He stretches okay. his face out so the tire No, no, no he just it. makes like, the Wishmaster type <laughs> oh. wishes. 
You know, hold on. I'll give you one from four, right? There's one family. They have like an RV, and they're just supposed to be like an obnoxious American family, and they win. And like their wishes that Sweet Tooth has to like drive them, like be their driver for vacation. Uh, so then it, he's like, all right, I'll do it. And then it like shows him, so like on the side of a cliff, and the family's singing like you know, ninety nine bottles of beer on the wall, and he just fucking swerves off the cliff. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, they're really dumb. Yeah, we gotta watch them one day. They're they'd be yeah. good watching at the camera mansion. That's they're funny. All, they're all pretty fun. I'm sure they pitched this show as like, you know, car chases in movies. Yeah. <laughs> what if we did a whole show that was like a constant car chase, but also they shot things at one another? What? All right. Yeah, right, man. Whatever. <laughs> all right, around at the night selection of news about cyberpunk 2077 it's our cyberpunk corner first off the expansion is set to release in 2023 cool cool yeah that being that being said the cd project red says the vast part of fixing cyberpunk 2077 is done and they're focused on other projects we will obviously continue supporting Cyberpunk 2077 and still working on updating it, but the vast part of the job we believe has already been done and was done in 2021. What is with that uh that link? <clears throat> you see, do you see, I don't know if you can read it. It's a, like multiplayer fix patch. Uh, when I first saw it, I was like, wait, what? Why is it have a... Uh, are they doing multiplayer uh, for that game? I thought that got scrapped. It it did get scrapped. I read the uh I read further down in the uh article, but. <laughs> I guess oh, it was scrapped. Dumb. It was officially yeah. scrapped. I didn't. I, I guess. I uh, or it says they. Uh, they. Sh- uh, let me read the thing it said. Um, fuck. Uh, a previously planned multiplayer component also appears. Yeah, they just basically cast it aside. So it's like whatever. I guess they really did that for to work on their expansion and you know fix their bombshell. Yeah. Damn. Well, the reason why they canned the multiplayer perhaps could have been, as Jason Schreier points out, honestly, pretty relatively low slows growth. Uh, CD Projekt Red well, did you... out that they've sold 18 plus million copies, but the game 14 sold million 40... of those is like in the At beginning. Launch. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, all right. And then you also had like all those refunds. I mean, it also. And it, it's, right. It's, and it, yeah. And it, an additional 4 million copies or whatever is. Whatever, I'm not saying it's not impressive for... Well, it is impressive for a game in general, but for a game of this size, with the type of sales they were expecting, I'm sure that was disappointing. Yeah, dude, this was like Elden Ring before <laughs> Elden Ring came out and got an out. People were crazy yeah. about it. By the way, so, uh, so the delaying Cyberpunk expansion... Uh, or updates. And they also just announced that they're delaying the Witcher 3's next-gen upgrade. Does so I guess... Witcher 3 need one? No. But then again, like, a few games I still I want feel it, are really... so I can have a reason to go back to it to do, like, the DLCs and shit, sure. like I've said a bunch of times. Yeah. I mean, but like, I, I just feel like a few games are, like... It definitely doesn't I mean, yeah, dude. <laughs> Um, I, oh, that's like a lot of games, though. Like, uh, Dead Space is the perfect example. That game's getting remade. That game don't need a remake. 
Yeah, not really, no. But yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I guess right. I guess they're just working on the next Witcher game. Like, what are they working on right now? If they're delaying like all their side projects, yeah, they're working. I mean, on, they are uh, working on Witcher Five, right? This should be or yeah, Witcher Five. Work- Witcher with Unreal Five. They've teased it at least. Yeah, yeah, they're working. Well, yeah, they said they're working on that. They have a. Uh, aren't they working on like a Gwent card game? Yeah, yeah, uh, they or, do have that. Uh and then you got uh them fixing uh Cyberpunk. So I mean, yeah, they got stuff going on. I think they're gonna have to downsize significantly. Like they've expanded significantly to for Cyberpunk and they can't sustain it. Hmm. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with the studio in the coming years. Yeah. I wanna know what this new agile methodology that they've uh adopted for this expansion. Uh, I'm pretty sure agile is a industry buzzword that means something about the way they're structuring their team. Uh they're all really fast now. They're on roller skates. I was like, they they beat them faster and abuse and make them work faster. They learn Less parkour. Well, all right. Uh, oh. Apparently, apparently, an agile team is a team of people that are focused one hundred percent on a certain project. And who are dedicated to all aspects of that project. So that doesn't like, seem like a good word to describe people. that. <laughs> yeah, wait. That seems like agile feels like you're like um Bouncing around doing multiple things. Yeah, yeah, you're like you're very uh you're like very uh what's the word uh that they use? Like a uh, fuck. You're able to pop out easily, like you can just move people out really modular back and forth. Modular, thank you, yeah. That's what that sounds like, like. Not uh all right, everyone's just working on this one thing. We're really I, agile about I think it. The, I think the agile is supposed to be more like focus than like speed. Yeah, that's strange. I agree. Man. I agree it's a strange terminology. It's an industry buzzword. Comp corporations, huh? Am I right? <laughs> yeah, fellas. Great. That's just how I like to end an episode of the Broken Campfire, talking about corporations in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. But do you hey. think uh, do you think people ever learn that no. like we can <laughs> we should just work on their games and not like rush no. it out and you'll get more money? No. Mm. Well, Thanks. I don't know, man. I mean, we're we're the small brains who play games all the time. They're the yeah, but a lot I guess of, a lot of money. Yeah, but like, I, sold like eighteen million so, copies. Yeah, dude. But like, I don't know, man. It's 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 probably just a me thing, but I feel like. That it's such a crazy oversight that, like Cyberpunk, for example, it was this crazy, like, popular game, and it ended up bombing. And you'd think people would take that lesson, like, oh, dude, Cyberpunk, like, I think I said this before in a previous podcast, like, oh, Cyberpunk did really bad because it was, like, a buggy mess and all this shit. Uh, Maybe next time we should, uh, like, work on, like, these games more and get them out and not have them, like, half-baked. Yeah, but it's if just like, I mean, it's just the numbers, you know? Yeah, they got all that backlash on the stories, but 18 million is still a fucking crazy number. <sighs> Even if you think, like, people did refund, how many people really refunded? You know what I mean? Like, True. how many people went through that process, or they were like, I'll just wait till it gets better. Yeah, that's right. true. I'm sure there was no, I'm sure it's a big number, but millions? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I feel like you'd want to keep, like, the good faith with people. 
Well, but, I mean, obviously, yeah. But you I want, guess you know, I guess yeah. I'm just an asshole who thinks that. As long as it keeps, I mean, like FIFA, whatever, they don't money. care. They do the same game every year. People still buy it. They have no incentive to True. change. Yeah, Greg, screw I mean, you. They're bringing Godzilla to Warzone. 18 million. Are they? Oh, yeah, they I think so. $60 price tag is still over a billion dollars. Right? It's... Of course. Of course, that money doesn't always wash out. You can't just do that math. Oh, well, yeah. But, but still, but, I you know, mean, you know, they... yeah. Yeah. Feels bad. Feels bad. And you're saying that as as the biggest cyberpunk fan on the podcast. I did. I got hundred hours in it. I uh I will probably I can't imagine I can't imagine I get this DLC. I played so much already. I think I could see me playing the DLC, honestly. But like they know people are gonna have their fucking guard up, right? They can't well, yeah. try another bait and switch. Yeah, you would really think so. But I mean, there's been updates to the game. I've been thinking about playing it again anyway. But yeah, it feels bad that like. By the way, I I didn't throw it on the thing, but I saw when I was clicking around that the creative director of Cyberpunk is saying that they understand that it's far from finished. What meanwhile, to investors, they're saying we're moving on, which basically means they're moving on because the creative yeah. director can lie to us, but they can't lie to investors. Right. Yeah. Good point. Hey, everybody. Get your spirits high because this is our last podcast ever. No, wow. for at least two weeks. For two weeks. The rest of us are going, well, the rest of us, the hosts of the Broken Campfire podcast are going on a scouting mission. We have, uh, an offer to check out a new highly anticipated video game that's being uh, AAA developed. I won't say where, but let's just say that if you're uh, familiar with the Great Lakes, you might know their name. Um, we'll be going on a vacation next week with all of our gamer pals, so we'll report in, I'm sure, have some words about the gamercation afterwards. And if you don't hear from us, it didn't go well. <laughs> so, yeah, you can keep that, you know. That'd be for, a good we'll, bit. Make, I will have killed them. Like, form like conspiracy theories about who said what to who and why who isn't talking to who anymore. Yeah, speaking of talking, maybe I'll finally get to talk to my friend Vito on this vacation if he bothers to show up. No, I think he's yeah, gonna like if he bothers to show Bro, up, he's playing Hades right now. No, <laughs> Vita will be there, but for some reason, just always like in a different in the next year, and, Hades. And, and 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 always doing something else that like yeah, he's always seems busy, but for some reason, he and Flash <laughs> just never, you know, never overlap. Dang it! I so admire him. All right, we can cut it before you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Good night, everybody. I have to keep up the pretense on the podcast that I care about him at all.